I appreciate you doing this, Jeff. Hey, my pleasure, man. <laughs> what else do I got to do on a Sunday? <laughs> I could have been having a little afternoon delight, and by that I mean a nap, but you know, besides <laughs> that. <laughs> From Atlanta, where our traffic was rated 10th worst in the nation. Don't worry, we're working really hard to get it back into the top five. It's the Whole World Improv Podcast brought to you by Whole World Improv Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts, artistic director Chip Powell and a man who's growing out his hair again. Not that he wants to, he's just too lazy to get a haircut. <laughs> John Mihalik. Hey everybody, it's John. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're in part two of our conversation of stand-up comedy with Jeff Justice. Little did Chip and I know there was a connection between Jeff and our previous guest, Robert Lowe, from episodes seven and eight. Have you ever had Rob Lowe on? Yeah. Like the Atlanta Rob Lowe? Yeah, we had him yeah. last week? Uh, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, he's an old buddy of mine. He and I are wives and, and us are all friends. We had kids at the same time. And I used to work at Next City. I would uh, perform there with Tommy Futch and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. And then one day, I mean, I just loved doing it because back then you'd split the door. <laughs> you know, there's 20 people on the show and they're splitting the door. And I was turning down a job, a one-nighter that weekend for like, I think it was like $450. And my wife looks at me and goes, you're turning down $450 to make $7.32? And I'm like, um, yeah, I guess I got to changed my priorities on, on that. <laughs> yeah. I think that was probably one of the last times I actually performed that, but that was a lot of fun. It was a great little club. And he's pretty much the father of improv in Atlanta. And actually, I think he started the first stand-up class even before Jerry Farber did. And then Jerry asked me to do a class with him. And after the first class, Jerry just said, you know, why don't you just take the class? You know a lot more than I do. Because, you know, Jerry's a joke teller, not a joke writer. So I took over the class. Basically, I did that first class helping out like eight young amateurs who I saw were kind of making, to me, very obvious mistakes, putting the punch word in the wrong place, not emphasizing the right things. And I found in the club that the ones that I gave advice to and they took the advice, they immediately got funnier. And about eight of them got together, asked me to put together a class. I did the class and we did a graduation at Jerry Farber's club. And I figured that was it. And at the end of the show, their friends approached me and said, hey, have you ever thought about doing this for normal people? And I said, no, but I tell you what, give me a phone number. This like before the internet. I said, give me a phone number. If I ever decide to do this again, I'll give you a call. And that was 3,000 people ago. Yeah. So. And, and de describe normal. What's yeah, that? really normal. What's normal? <laughs> but I am always shocked that that class sells out. Every time I do it, I teach it three times a year. I've got a class of 18 people graduating at the punchline. And then uh, I start a level two class the following week. And that's already got like 15 people signed up for it. I only take 17 for those. But it's just year after year. I'm like, okay. Let's keep yeah, going. I've been surprised as well. You know, we were doing virtual classes and the second we offered in person, um, because we brought in a nurse and we kept our kids camp going during the pandemic. Right. Through all these safety measures and protocols and all this stuff. And the lawyer was involved and all this craziness, but they kept selling out. And every time we've offered an in-person class, it's sold out. And we're just like, 
we got to keep doing this, but we've run out of instructors. We, yeah. <laughs> we're like, we need more instructors. Well, I actually had to have a, a heart operation back last March where I had to have a valve replaced, but I'd already sold out a class for April. It was kind of like a last minute thing where this thing had been going on for four years. And I went to see my doctor and goes, okay, now I'm like, and Mark Evans, who lives in Florida now, actually drove up here every week to teach the class for me. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and he booked other things too. He had some one nighters and, you know, he does a business, a comedy class and did some alumni graduation shows. Yeah. It's hard finding instructors. You know, me, I don't trust anybody with it. It's taken me years and years to trust Mark with it because, I mean, I've got a certain way of teaching it. You know, I insist on the clean comedy because my philosophy has always been. If you can go on stage that first time and be clean and be funny, you can do anything. But if you go up there and curse to get laughs, that's all you're ever going to do because it's just too easy. Yeah, no, but that's funny. That's the same note we give actors here. Yeah, right. You know, people know that, you know, if they can drop an F-bomb in, they're going to get a laugh. And, you know, most of the time. And I, I hate it when I see improv like that, when people are just relying on curse words or really kind of nasty stuff as opposed to going to the creative part of it. So I wanted to jump back to something there. You mentioned NSA. Yeah, NSA, NSA. Associa National Speakers Association. You've been involved in that for a while, right? And uh, I have. Toastmasters, what's that been like? Well, Toastmasters, I've never personally been involved oh, okay. in, uh, even though I'm a big fan of it. And I think it's great training for people. I mean, it's a great, safe environment where uh, people can learn how to put together presentations. I mean, it's awesome. And then to me, NSA is like Toastmasters on steroids. So you get the top speakers in the country. Atlanta chapter is probably the first or second top chapter of a year in the country. And we get some of the best speakers from all around the country to come speak to our group every month. And it's everything from teaching you how to put together a presentation to marketing yourself to the latest in technology, a stage presence. We've had improv people come talk to us. Yeah, it's a great supportive organization. You know, we do corporate training for improv, but you've also done some corporate training. Oh, that's what I made my main living at for 30 years. I just stopped this last year when uh, <laughs> COVID hit after I did my first Zoom comedy show. <laughs> A Zoom comedy show? Yeah, when, when I do this program on humor in the workplace, you know, how to laugh more, stress less, avoid getting burned out. And great program live, but this one manager wanted to bring me in. So I've got like these 30 faces all over the screen and stuff. And I'd be doing my best joke and people go. <laughs> <"Yeah."> <laughs> my ego just went. Ah! And I said, you know, and I realized that that was going to be the future of meetings for at least the next year or two. And I'm 70 next month. And I'm going, ah, do I really still want to hang in there and, and, and do this stuff? So I think I did my last big presentation about a year and a half ago at Georgia Tech. And of course, three camera shoot, fantastic video, great audience, great sound. They sent me the video and make a fantastic demo video. And I stopped speaking. <laughs> So now I, I still uh, do the teaching uh, and I've got an online business where I do continuing education for court reporters. Don't ask me how we get in that. That's a whole nother episode, but I've got about 90 hours worth of online content for court reporters who have to get their license renewed every year or two years and they can do it to my continuing education. So that's, that's a little side hustle. 
Do you live in Atlanta? Are you visiting Atlanta soon? Either way, a night at Whole World Improv Theater is one of the best shows in town. We're open for shows on Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m. And now there's a second show on Saturday at 10 p.m. That's three chances to make your week funnier and we guarantee it costs less than your therapist. It's 200 bucks a pop and the first available appointment I could get for a therapist was about two months. I don't know, it's a racket. I think we should just all watch cat videos because they help every single time. Yes, we're still totally safe and socially distant. We follow CDC guidelines, but like, what does the CDC know? They live here in Atlanta, which is allergy central, and it just gets worse and worse. What's the matter, my people? No love for the hometown? See if we offer you tissues for those watery eyes ever again. Major support for Whole World Improv Theater is provided by the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs, the sweetest smelling office of cultural affairs in the world. I wanted to ask you, have you ever had a student that just wrote something that you just was like, I, you can't tell that joke or, and they just stood <laughs> by it and then they delivered it on stage? Well, there was this one guy, John Mahalak, who just, you couldn't tell him anything. <laughs> one guy wanted to call his uh, mother a bitch. Oh. I'm like, well, that's going to pretty much stop the show, right? He, he did it, you know? And uh, I am pretty stringent about telling, telling people what they shouldn't do. And it, it's sort of weird. I've had like priests and stuff that wanted to curse and get nasty. You know, like I'm going, no, 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 no. You can't do that. I don't want God like throwing a lightning bolt down on my stage. You know, and I... Uh, I've had people that had very questionable, bad jokes, and I know my audience, okay? My audience is everybody's friends and family, business associates, grandmas there, you know, maybe some older kids are sneaking in and stuff. And it's just not the audience for nasty stuff. And every once in a while, people won't listen to me. And even though they didn't do it in rehearsal, they'll do it on graduation night because they're sure it's going to kill. And all of a sudden, it's like yeah. you say, that guy that had to dig himself out of a hole after the AIDS joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a real quick way oh, to, yeah. to lose the audience. Yeah. We were doing something at... Eddie's Attic. Eddie's Attic. Yeah. We were there, and before we went on, they had a series of guys getting up to do stand-up, and I guess it was a class graduation. And this one kid, he had to be barely in his 20s, got up and it was just so painful. And I felt so bad for him because you're just like going, oh my gosh, like, and I felt like, you know, at one point halfway in, I guess he got 10 minutes or something like that. Too like long. Halfway in, he was dying and he said something and this girl in the front laughed. And when she laughed, it, I don't, I would just, for shits and giggles, because I can't remember what it was. It was a joke about a rhinoceros or something. And <laughs> Which is always funny. Then he started heckling the one person <laughs> that applauded or laughed for him. And I was like, oh my God, you're killing the only yes. person that's on your side right now. And it was so painful right. that when he got off stage, nobody clapped. And I was just like, I felt like I wanted to go over and hug him because yeah. I felt that bad for him. But you know, it's like, what do you tell somebody that gets into a situation like that? Like when they get off stage, are they, you know, cause I always tell people don't woulda, coulda, shoulda, just move on, learn from your mistake. Well, again, this is going to sound crazy, but I never had that happen. 
And I tell the students the first night, I said, if you do, I give them the Jeff Justice Pledge, which is if you do what I ask you to do, which is basically the homework, right? The jokes that there's no way I would let you go on stage and not be funny. And I edit every single joke that goes up there. I rewrite, rewrite about 95% of them. Yeah. Um, and I just tell, I mean, I, I'm brutal. I just had somebody send me two pages worth of stuff for the graduation. And I deleted a page of it and rewrote the other. I have to go, well, what about all the other stuff I wrote? I go, it wasn't as good as the stuff that I told you to keep. Keep writing. And they'll get upset with me, but then they'll keep writing. And then I'll, they'll send it back again. They might keep two of those jokes, but mm-hmm. they go through writing the whole routine, rehearsing it. And then we have two different rehearsals. The last one, we really work on delivery, but I have pretty much okayed every single joke that they're doing before they go on stage. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't realize too, is that with comedy, 90% of it is delivery. You know, if you don't have the delivery down, it's not funny. It's not comedy. Like, could you imagine Steve Martin you know, somebody's saying, uh, well, what are you going to do on the show this week? Well, you know, I'm going to say, excuse me. Then I'm going to tell them I'm a wild and crazy guy. Really? <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Where's the comedy? Well, you know, the way I say, uh, you know. <laughs> it always amazes me when I've seen other people's comedy graduations, and I've gone to a few of them. And one, like you said, 10 minutes. The first time on stage, you let somebody go 10 minutes. I let my people go four minutes. That's it. And I mean, it's a tight four minutes. There's no dead time in the whole thing. Plus the material, I'll just listen to the material. How did you let them go on with that joke? I mean, the the joke is not funny. The delivery's off. I mean, it's just everything's wrong here. But yet somebody, the person who was in charge of the class, had to sometime go, okay, keep that one, you know? I don't get it. So as we're starting to wrap up here, I believe the show needs to end on the most important subject, and that is me. Yes. So I'm sitting here with two very influential teachers, and I mean that from the heart. So I need to know, I need both of you to rate me as a student. I barely remember them, Chip. How about you? (laughs) I I recognize the name. That was it. Well, I will say this. Um, uh, this is, I, I'll rate you right now because uh, this is how I rate people. John is sitting here doing the podcast with me. He came to me, you know, several months ago and we started the podcast. And I think he has learned so much from other alumni that have been on the show, from other instructors that have been on the show. So much so that this is his actual first podcast as a main cast performer with Whole World Improv Theater. So well, that's great. Main cast last Wednesday. Awesome, man. Yeah. That's how I rate. That's yeah. how I rate John. Well, I remember John being heavier when he took the class. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, being funny. I mean, he did a great job. Like I say, I kept his video on my website for a long time from when he came off stage and, and Mark uh, interviewed him afterwards. And he, you know, he listened. Basically, if you listen and you do what I tell you to do, it's going to be funny up there. And he kept going. So there's a lot of people that take the class. They do it the one time. That was great. I'm going to go back to my normal life. And that's it. But then there's those ones that get that comedy bug. And I'm so glad to see you're part of the main stage. That's what an honor that is. That's great. Because I know you guys are really picky about who you have on the show. So that's great, man. How do you feel you've come along, John? Well, I feel great getting the adulation and compliments I so richly deserve. Yes, there you go. (laughs) 
very modest. And I'm glad to see you finally got the ego under control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, if there's one thing in comedy that I can really be proud of, it is a fact that my daughter is 16 years old now, and she's got my sense of humor. I don't know how she got yeah. my sarcastic sense of humor, but mm -hmm. she's right there. <laughs> on Isn't that great to see that come back to you? She has natural timing, Jeff. I mean, she yeah. has natural timing. <laughs> sit there. I'll say something to her, and she just like sits there, looks at you, and goes, "Okay, boomer." <laughs> what a boomer! And it's like yeah. doesn't really matter, Dad. <laughs> well, I have noticed that one. My wife has gotten a lot funnier. She always had a great sense of humor, but now she she actually from watching all the rehearsals at our house over the years and the shows that she knows where the punch word goes and you know she knows how to switch things up. And my two daughters are both very funny. One of them is, is more like me and the other one is much drier. Mm. She's just like that, says that has a dry sense of humor, very understated, but boom, just nails you. <laughs> so it's been great having you, Jeff. Thank you for all the insight into stand-up comedy and some of the great things that are there. Well, if you have any of your listeners that are interested, January 3rd, 2022, we'll be doing our next class. And I think there are five or six spots still available uh, for that one. We take 20 people at a time. And what, so, uh, what night of the week is that? It's Monday night. So if you want to be a lot funnier in February than you are now, sign up for the class. Awesome. Send me money. I'll make you funny. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other Jeff Justice pledge. That's it. That's the other pledge. Send me <laughs> money. I'll make it fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Jeff Justice. And until next week, I am Jeremy Howe. And I'm Chip Powell. And scene. Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater podcast, a podcast we think is still being edited after it drops, but we don't have any proof. The Whole World Improv podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and magister officorum is Chip Powell, and John Nihalik does stuff. Okay, John, two straight weeks of humility on the credits. Yeah, I think I have broken him. <laughs> by the gentle readers. Please help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. We're making a huge group text, and we'd love to have you on it. The Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com. And remember, it is tax deductible. It's not like you're getting your money's worth from the government anyway. Wow, that really hit close to home. Additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo. And currently I'm underneath a hotel sheet because I had to leave Atlanta abruptly. So I hope it sounds okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Comedy wasn't made for snowflakes, my friend. No. <laughs>